Hey there, you're listening to the Not So Breakfast Show with Sasha Endish. Today we are dropping knowledge bombs in the area of skill set. How do we remain relevant in ever-changing technology? How do we take our current skill set and expand on it or stretch it into new areas? We discuss some key ways to accelerate our learning, to immerse ourselves in an environment that helps us learn, and then how to practice really well to make sure that we get the skills that we need to continue to grow. We've also got some life hacks of the week just to make things easier, and we're going to be doing a shout out to a special individual as well. So enjoy the show, and we're also going to answer this question. Do you know how you know when someone's been to Harvard Business School? I'm about to find out. How do you know, Sasha? Let's get into it. Okay, so welcome to the show today, the Not So Breakfast Show with Sasha and Ish. And uh, joining me as always is my sister from another Mr. Partner in Crime, Sasha Coburn. How are you today? Yeah, good, thank you. I love that the Not So Breakfast Show, this edition is being recorded at 3.46 in the afternoon. So, Not So Breakfast. Not So Breakfast. Now, if you're listening to the show for the very first time, you might be thinking, who the hell are Sasha and Ish? So, Sasha, why don't you give us a little bit of background? Who the hell are you? I am somebody who just cannot wait to see what happens to me when I grow up. But just <laughs> just a couple of months ago, I turned 47. And you do that thing where you go, actually, this is my life now. So I'll give you a real quick uh, CV, not to be like a wanker about it, but just so you can put me in a little box in your brain and judge me. I started my uh professional career working for a fitness company called Les Mills and I was meant to have a gap year and that just turned into a lifelong passion and love uh, for fitness not because I love exercise but I love the difference that it makes uh, in people's lives they become better parents and better lovers and better bosses uh, when they take care of the body that they live in but along the way I got a law degree from Otago practice law for a while I have a master's degree from Waikato University uh, in adult education I'm currently a student at Harvard Business School Uh, you always can do you know how you know when someone's been to Harvard Business School I'm about to find out how do you know Sasha (laughs) because they will tell you and I (laughs) reckon that took me about a a minute and a half just to slip in there so uh, last year I won a Prime Minister's Business Scholarship here in New Zealand and I got a scholarship to go uh, to study at Harvard so I'm continually learning stuff I'm the COO of my family business a bunch of coffee shops in New Zealand called Coffee Culture and I was lucky enough to sleep my way to the top of that organization. (laughs) I met my husband there and I'm also the founder of an organization called The Company You Keep and together with Tonya Cabot we run leadership development programs. So heaps of stuff going on, just trying to do my bit to make the world just that little bit better. Well, Sasha, if you are the academic in this relationship, then I am definitely the street smarts. To be honest, probably a bit of a fail at school and a bit late to the brain game as a result, but I do remember the day it all turned on and kind of connected for me. I was 24 years old, I was listening to a Tony Robbins cassette in my car and I finally figured out how I learned and it pretty much uh, triggered this desire to consume a whole lot of self-development content. I pretty much gave myself a university education listening to audiobooks, podcasts and leadership content. I have also done Harvard Business School. Well, an online paper anyway, and it pretty much sums up my learning style. 
I am a qualified chef, but that is a story for another time. But I've also done kids TV shows in the area of exercise and cooking. I've had radio segments, and I'm currently the head of fitness for Les Mills New Zealand, one of the biggest fitness brands on the planet. I've had the privilege of spending 25 years in the fitness industry and also getting to speak at conferences all over the world on the area of the business of fitness and leadership. I am pretty sure all of my teachers from school would look at me right now and think, how the hell did that happen? But it did, and I love it. So this podcast is really about knowledge bombs. It's about unpacking our expertise academically, street smart, around leadership, business, around life in general. So when we talk about knowledge bombs, we're talking about bits of information or learnings that when you are ready for them, just make you go, oh, that's what I needed. That's a piece of information that I can apply. Yeah, I reckon knowledge bombs, you know, when you do, well, in New Zealand, we do manus. You do manus into a swimming pool. It's a bomb, right? And you try to make as big a splash as you possibly can. So these knowledge bombs, it's like if the swimming pool is your brain, it's like something heavy lands in your brain and some of the water will splash out the edge and that's okay. It's not for you today. Not everything is for you. Now and again, you'll just be unsettled by it. You'll It'll jostle around and then it will land and you'll go, yeah, thanks. That was helpful. And And if, and if that happens for you, that's awesome. Could you send some money? Yeah. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about building on your skill set. What is the skill set that you have and how do you position it well or leverage off it or build on it in a way that is useful for you to stay relevant? Yeah, I think it's super important at this time in the history of the world, right? People's industries have been tipped upside down through this whole global pandemic thing. And and I reckon there's uh, people around our age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, and they find themselves in one of two positions. And one is they go, man, I'm so lucky for my life so far. I have had a great job that I love and it's something that I'm really passionate about, but I'm actually broke. <laughs> and so they've been like a life that's full of passion and purpose, but they don't have any money. And when you kind of get into your early, mid-40s, you start going, wow, how do I make this actually stack up for me and my family? And I think that there's a lot of people out there right now, there's uncertainty, there's economic uh, fragility, uh, all the structures and systems that we've been able to rely on, uh, they've been proven in many cases to not stand up in this emergency. So there's people going, you know, what's next for me? How can I protect myself uh, in these circumstances? And then the other category of person is the is the people who go, you know what, I've had a really successful career. I've got lots of money in the bank, but I actually hate my life right now because uh, I've lived a soulless life in terms of my profession. So people that go, I love my kids, but I hate what I do in my everyday job. And this whole COVID thing has given them an opportunity to say, what do I actually want to do? How can I live a life of purpose and passion? So what I would hope that uh, you guys might get from spending some time on the Not So Breakfast Show uh, with me and Ash is you get answers to those two questions. If you're doing the stuff that you love, how can you be relevant and relevant enough that people want to pay you more to do the thing uh, that you're good at and that you love? And you, you're going to need to get some new skills to do that. Or secondly, you're going, man, I just, I've got to do something that I care about because life's too short just to give your money to blood-sucking, leeching, corporation-type jobs. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. You do get to a point sometimes where you just are so good at what you do 
but you're just so bored. Oh, yeah. And then it's kind of like, well, what do I do? How do I either decide to move on or should I move on? Or um, what's that conversation that I might need to have or those skills that I might need to learn to do that? And then how do I overcome that fear of what if it doesn't work out? What if I get it wrong? Yeah, I think um, skill acquisition, it's both easy and hard. That's the paradox, right? The the easy thing about it is just making the choice and going, yep, that's the thing that I want to learn how to do. And then it's hard to be committed to learning in a structured way. So I want to give um, three kind of basic tips. This is what the research tells us is necessary for skill acquisition. And I'm not talking about, you know, cognitive skills and then you get some physiological skills. I'm not talking about that kind of breakdown. I'm talking about if you want to learn anything new, whether it's that you want to learn to play golf, you want to learn to speak Spanish, or you want to speak up more in a meeting. And that in itself is a skill. It's a behavior, but it's also a skill right so the first thing you got to do is you have to be ready for some acceleration all the research tells us that going fast and far is really important and you have to have high expectations of yourself if Mm. you go in and say well you know i'll just learn one spanish word this week and then next (laughs) week i'll try and learn another spanish word setting yourself up to fail because it's too easy i remember uh, reading this great article once about barack obama and uh the guy who wrote it is a kind of a famous American academic called Shelby Steele. And he said that one of the reasons Barack Obama was so successful is that so much was expected of him. And sometimes the expectation leads to pressure. But that really stuck with me. The idea that when we rise to the expectation that other people have of us. And we know this in classrooms, right? If you tell a kid that they're dumb, you watch them not learn anything. Mm. If you tell a kid that they have potential and that they're smart, you watch them rise to that. Even if they have learning difficulties, there'll be uh, challenges that they can overcome if someone else expects and sees potential in them. So when you set out to learn a new skill, I reckon you just expect that of yourself. So when I first started to learn to play golf, I didn't go, oh, I'm probably going to be really shit at this. I thought, you know what? I'm going to accelerate and I'm going to go fast and far. And I, I set some high standards for myself. To be clear, I'm a rubbish golfer, right? Well, I've seen you play. I yeah. wouldn't say rubbish, Sash. <laughs> you do you do have a love for the for, for hooking out to the <laughs> to the right. We'll be right back. Do you spend too much time planning out and then freaking out about your upcoming presentations? Then the 30-minute presenter program is for you. With our audio-based training program, you can literally learn the art of presenting while walking, driving, or even in the bath. Imagine Sasha and I right there with you. Well, not in the bath, but in your ears, unpacking our 40 years of combined experience in this impactful upskill. Learn to craft messages that matter, engage an audience, and overcome those nerves. So join the 30-minute presenter program. The link is in the show notes. Get started today. walk spoil right but the point was when I sat down with the person that was teaching me I said I want to be good at this I want you to push me and you know give it to me straight because we know that acceleration works you have to expect a lot of yourself and really useful for you guys that are managing other people or even with your kids what do you expect of them and it's not are your expectations demanding and are you an asshole is that do you see potential 
second thing real quick is immersion. You think about when you learn to swim. You can't learn to swim theoretically. You don't go to swimming lessons and they spend six weeks teaching you out of books. If you are going to swim and learn to swim, you're going to get wet, right? And so you want to learn any new skill, you have to get immersed in it. And I know one of the things I love about you, Ash, is you just teach yourself stuff all the time. You're always picking up new skills. I mean, how do you do that? What are you doing? I think it's come from a reference of... I know that I have picked up skills before and I know I've put myself in a situation where I just have to learn something. So I kind of have that reference for I'll figure it out. And I definitely have a mindset of I can figure it out. And that's from anything from I renovated the bathroom and I was like, well, um, let's just rip everything out and all the jib off the walls and then I'm committed, right? So I'm very much in the let's just get in there and give it a go. But that's is that a personality thing? Like what is that? Well, first up, what you've done is you've accelerated, right? Mm. Because your commitment comes with the acceleration. You're going, I'm going to rip the old bathroom out. And if you want to stay married, you've got to solve that problem now, right? Yeah, that's right. Partly it is a personality thing. It says, I can do this. That self-belief is really important. It can also be a gendered thing. Mm. So we know that, uh, let's take job applications, for example. If a company advertises a new position and they've got 10 qualifications or characteristics that they are looking for, uh, a man will look at that list of 10 and go, well, I've got three of those. I'd be perfect for it. I'll send my application in now. And what we know is that women look at that list of 10 and and they go, well, yeah, no, I've only got eight of those 10 things. So I'll just wait till I have everything on the list before I apply. Mm. Partly that's not a genetic thing. That's because we've been socialized and conditioned uh, you know, in that way. But if we can be aware of it, it can really help us is to say, hang on, am I getting in my own way here? Am I putting blockades in front uh, of myself that are completely unnecessary? So you can have a personality that predisposes you to giving things a go, but you can also just require it of yourself. The nature of learning as a result of information being everywhere has, has changed. So sometimes when you do put yourself in a situation where you go, well, I don't know it, but it's not like we have to go to the library read 10 books anymore like there is literally someone that can get you started give you the information you need at the right moment at the right time uh, in a way that gives you enough momentum to keep going and getting better at the skill yeah oh completely and what's super cool is with all the different learning styles uh, that we know of you can just pick stuff that works for you so this whole idea of immersion says you want to learn how to fix something or get a new skill watch a youtube clip over and over again. Mm. Watch it twice as fast, watch it twice as slow, go at the speed that suits you. We have so many resources now, which mean you can just get really fully immersed in a thing. And you want to do it over and over again until it habituates in your body. That's what immersion you know, does for you. And literally you want things to become second nature and automatic. And the third thing that you want to make sure you do is practice. Mm. The arrogance of just thinking you're going to be good at something without the practice, uh, you know, is is staggering. I think one of the things I want to say about uh, practice is Malcolm Gladwell's got a lot to answer for uh, in his book Outliers, and he perpetuated this 10,000 hours myth that Mm -hmm. to get really good at something, you've got to do it for 10,000 hours, and it's just bullshit. You can get really good at something if you have focused and disciplined 
practice. So if you're going to learn the piano, for example, you don't practice for an hour a day. You practice for 10 minutes a day in a really deliberate way where you just practice. Perhaps you're just going to practice the right hand for 10 minutes. But lots of people, when they say they're practicing, they're actually not. They're just doing the thing and actually embedding the wrong way of doing something through repetition. And that's mm. just dumb. Yeah. And also, like, the, the practice thing works the other way as well. So if I were to practice a positive skill, but so often if we take, I don't know, social media and just swipe, 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 you're training your brain to not pay attention and to not be able to commit to an attention span for a very long period of time. So that whole practice thing on something that you may not even consider as practice, but literally how how often have you sat down on your phone and suddenly you've gone, where did that 40 minutes go? And then you try to apply that attention to an actual skill that you want and suddenly seven minutes is difficult. We have to bring our awareness to this stuff, right? Mm. You want to stay relevant. You want to stay in the game. And that means you're going to have to acquire and require of yourself to get new skills. And I think this whole relevant thing, when I first started my career at Les Mills, one of the things I got to do was Philip Mills was doing an advertising campaign. And he said, uh, hey, kid, because that, that's what he called me. Hey, kid, <laughs> we're going to go to this advertising meeting and I want to show you the new advertising campaign. You'll love it, kid. You're right in the middle of our target market. You're 19. <laughs> this is going to be amazing. Come on, I'll teach you a thing or two. Come to this meeting. So we get to this advertising agency and presumably we'd paid them a ton of money to come up with this advertising campaign. And so they pulled out, it was a newspaper ad. I mean, that's how old I am, right? We were advertising in the newspaper <laughs> for a gym. And it had a photo of this old guy and this old guy had like a bit of um, tissue paper. We had cut himself shaving and it had some clever tagline and the ad agency laid this out on the table and they just wet themselves laughing aren't we clever this is so funny and philip was laughing and laughing and i was like um guys it's not funny why is this funny and i didn't recognize the person in the photo so apparently if you were like over 30 or 35 you knew that this was a funny man right but they just all lost touch. They'd moved from the market. So as much as uh, when we get to be the age we are now, one of the things that you and I have been blessed with is as children, right? Mm. Our children keep us relevant if we stay open to understanding what are things that are real in their world, what's what's going on uh, for them. It was It was such a downer. For me to be the, the kid at this meeting saying, if you are reaching out to 19-year-old woman, and I'm the smartest one I know, and I got no idea who this guy is, uh, that's the end of that campaign, right? Mm. And that's a challenge, you know, at our age. We, we want to get new skills. We want to make sure we're keeping up with technology, but we want to stay culturally relevant and aware as well, particularly if we're going to pivot from something we're doing now or pirouette uh, into something else. We've got to stay fresh, man. All right, so if we kind of look back through those three steps, we're talking about acceleration, which is finding opportunities to do things fast or maybe even planning out some times where you can work at a really steady pace on a specific skill for a focused period of time. We're talking about immersing yourself, the fact that you can't learn something theoretically, you're either going to commit to it or you're probably not going to do it. So you need to create the parameters around something so that you absolutely end up committed to it. And we also want to 
make sure that we practice. So it's making sure that we're doing the right things, practicing it in the right way so we get the best result, uh, taking into account that we know that everything that we apply and everything that our attention gets to apply to or not apply to is also practicing. So you're either practicing a skill that is positive or you're practicing something that may have a negative effect. So as you're super good at picking up new things, picking them up quickly, trying new things, getting hip and with it, with technology. But I know there's also things that you've absolutely obsessed over, like throughout your career. Can you think of an example of something that you've really obsessed over and got really good at? So probably my obsession skill has been presenting and public speaking. So it's been the ability to communicate and I think that that has happened as a result of probably having one or two opportunities when I was younger to be on a stage or do a speech or something like that, getting some good feedback and then kind of thinking, huh, there's something in this. And that skill has manifested through podcasts, through being able to be on video, through to being able to stand on a stage and own a room, deliver a message, and uh, and people listening are having a great time. So that's probably my skill that I've really doubled down on. What about you, Sash? What's the skill that you've kind of obsessed on? I reckon with focus and deliberate effort, I've got really good at doing hard things. And I don't, I don't just mean the hard things like knitting. I mean... <laughs> Hard things like having tough conversations, firing people, saying what needs to be said, dealing with life-threatening illness. All of those things I've got really good at because I've wanted to get good at it. I've practiced being in those tough situations. I've worked out how I can sit comfortably in discomfort how I can cope when things are falling apart around me and be the voice of calm. But that's a deliberate choice uh, to think about what it means to be somebody who can cope with those levels of uncertainty and do the hard stuff. And also, and this, you know, I, I don't want to kind of overstate the times that we are in right now, but I do reckon right now we're in a fascinating part of human history, that wherever we are in the world, there's lots of social upheaval, political unrest, and we often look back at times at history, um, take World War II, for example, and we say, oh, well, if I was alive then, here's what I would have done. And I think so many of us, we characterize ourselves as being heroes. We go, yes, well, I definitely would have been tortured to death before I gave up my secrets, <laughs> right? Or, you know, I could have hid in the attic for weeks on end and been fine, right? So we have this view of ourselves as being a bit rose-tinted. But I reckon... How we're responding now to the challenges that are ahead of us is a really good indication of how we would have responded then. Mm. And so for me, I wanted to be a person who was brave enough to say stuff that needed to be said. It's an important distinction that you're making there that you you kind of saying you've you've worked on that and it's something you've obsessed on because I think some people go, I wish I was more resilient. And then when opportunities come up in their life to be resilient, they run away from it rather than actually going, well, here's my opportunity to learn resilience. Or if, you know, if the thing is, I wish I was better at public speaking and then the opportunity comes up, they run away from it. We're actually, all of us who have in a public speaking role have failed so many times or have been on stage and the lines have gone out of your head or the joke hasn't landed or whatever it is. But until you're in those situations, until you're actually doing that stuff, you can't, you can't build that skill. 
I, I love how that, uh, you know, you've reminded me of when kids learn to walk, right? Kids just fall over all the time. <laughs> and no one around no one around them says, well, kid, sorry, you're not going to make it as a walker. Give up, right? We just encourage the shit out of them. We go, get up, come on, let's go, let's go. But as an adult, if we don't nail something the first time, we can we can give up, give up way too soon, right? So I, yep. I would be great if when we approach new skills, we had that childlike energy to just get up and go again until we actually master it. Okay, so we are doing a little section now that we like to call... So this week's shout out to the person that makes us want to touch ourselves is Emma Barry. Emma legend. Emma Barry is a speaker, mentor and writer. She's one of the founding members of the group fitness juggernaut Les Mills International and is previously the director of group fitness for programming in the luxury lifestyle brand Equinox. Emma is based in LA in the US and is an icon in the fitness industry. So huge congratulations to you, Emma. Everyone knows fitness has been so disrupted over the last few months and people are trying to work out uh, how to flex, what to do, how to cope. And Emma has just embraced that challenge and done what all great entrepreneurs do is set up a new company, Good Soul Hunting, working with others. They're doing high-level fitness recruitment. We love that you have the courage and the energy to birth something new uh, in these troubled times. And yeah, when we think about you, (laughs) we want to touch ourselves. All right, here we are for Life Hack of the Week. Well, my life hack this week is just using a little bit of technology, and it's using Hey Siri. So if you haven't turned it on, and you can get over the fact that Apple will probably listening to everything that you say forever and ever, um, it is actually really useful, and it's useful for a couple of reasons. One, it when you are driving home or you're in that moment where suddenly an idea pops in your head or you need to remember to make that call, you can just say, hey, Siri, can you remind me too? Or, hey, Siri, can you take a note and remind me of? And just that ability to speak it out in the moment and have that information when you need it later on has been a a game changer for me because I often come up with my best ideas at the time when I cannot pick up my phone and I'm like, oh, and then it's gone. So in the moment, hey, Siri. All right, Sash, what are you reading at the moment? I'm reading Be Brilliant. It's by uh, Janine Garner. She works out of Australia. Subtitle, How to Lead a Life of Influence. It is such an easy read, full of practical tips, but really bang on and real. And I know some people go, oh, be brilliant. We have this Kiwi thing where we want to like dim our light. And so I love books like this that challenge us to think bigger and think about how we might uh, help others more and and in doing so create better success for our families as well. Be brilliant, Janine Garner. It's awesome. Okay, so that is it this week for the Not So Breakfast Show. Thank you for joining me, Sasha. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Yeah, same. Same. Really good to be here. Awesome. And uh, we'll look forward to you listening to us next week or maybe in about 15 seconds if you are binging, which I hope you do. Have a great day. Laters. Bye.